You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back again to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. We're just assuming you're back again because we always do that. It is what we like to do. We just assume you've been here a long time person, long time, first time. That's our policy. Even if it's just your first time around, that's all right. You've been here forever. You just don't know it yet. This is your podcast for the Pride for the Detroit Lions, brought to you by prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. The pod, the POD cast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. Actually, I'm not even sure about SoundCloud anymore. Don't take me up on that. I'd have to double check. But I won't do that right now because I am feeling sick. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, Jeremy Reisman's here, as always, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. Hi, Jeremy. Yo, check out my SoundCloud in, in, my, in my bio. Ah, see, you're being adequate now, too. Uh, Ryan Matthews. Back is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. He's back once again. How you doing, man? I'm back, and it's like I've never left. And now the fourth man in here is Kentley Platty at Math Bomb, who at this point, honestly, should just be part of the regular rotation. But this is also his season, so I don't know. Yay, draft time. Yeah, it's the draft time. The combine's done, though, so we're about to kick you to the curb. Oh, yeah. I, I only work three days a week on this stuff now instead of a straight mm-hmm. six-day, 15-hour-a-day marathon. Just looking at so many people in tights, just sweating in Indianapolis. It's the best. You have to make sure that you know whose hips are toit. <sighs> this is the podcast I am already <laughs> dreading. It's just this is this is going this is going to go just so many ways. It's not going to be funny. Uh, yeah, combine. We're, if you haven't figured it out, we're going to be talking about the combine, ladies and gentlemen. The combine, and not uh, is that a tractor? Not a farm movement. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, that happened to Justin Rogers. People were like, "Oh yeah, you're in for a farm convention, aren't you?" Nope. Which I mean, quite possible when you're in Indianapolis, but we digress. Totally possible. Do you think that he? convince them that he wasn't there for a farm equipment expo by showing them like that he was wearing some weed socks. What way? Weed socks? Like they were, a- they were palm trees. They weren't it wasn't weed. Gosh, guys. <laughs> I have no clue what's going on anymore, which is going to be a which is going to be a recurring theme in this podcast, I can tell today. So the combine happened. I have no access right now to a lot of to a lot of I, I I've been straight up about this. I don't have NFL Network. I've never had NFL Network in my life. They just keep putting this crap on NFL Network. 
I'll never know what what's going on. And yet somehow Ken tells me that uh, they're going to be expanding this too. That's going to be going on like prime time and stuff. I can't wait. I can't wait until we just are all ash and nothing. But I'm really trying to sell the combine here. I think I'll step You're out. You're doing a great job. I am. I am. I just want to know about DK Metcalf and whether I should be preparing the Donkey Kong rap because that apparently seems to be where we're going here. You're DK. Donkey Kong. DK. No? I don't have an N64? Nope. Okay. Uh, well, let's start on offense. Yeah. What What did you, what well, did you like to see, Jeremy? What did you well, see? I want to I want to talk just some like big picture stuff before we get I think first segment we'll do offense second segment we'll we'll go defense but um I think I learned about this draft class that it kind of fits well to the Lions needs um obviously the edge rushers really really showed up and we'll get more into the specifics when we get to the defense and the tight ends really showed up and arguably those are the two biggest needs for the Lions and um I think I went into this draft at least with with into this combine with the idea that lines maybe weren't going to get a solid guy at number eight with, you know, uh, the, the top guys, most likely Bosa being gone and uh, Josh Allen being gone. Then there was kind of that second tier of guys that no one was really thrilled about at eight. There's Cleveland Farrell, Montez Wet, Polite, Burns, whatever. Um, not a lot of people were excited about that, but after draft class, after, after sorry, after the combine, I feel like a lot of people just got more excited about all of those guys, except for polite who, which we'll probably talk <laughs> to talk about a little bit, but, um, I don't know. I, I came away a little bit more enthusiastic about this draft class after the combine. And I think that's probably the point of the NFL combine, but, uh, consider me a little bit hyped up now. Yeah, it was great. I, I enjoyed it, and it's exactly what you said. A lot of the guys that came in with question marks, they ended up either filling those question marks completely or Ja'Kai politing their way out. Um, <laughs> but it, it it went really well for the guys that needed to show up for the most part. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the pass rushers and the tight ends. You know, P.J. Hawkinson needed to show that he wasn't a bad athlete, that he was a good athlete. He came on measured out almost as good as his teammate Noah Fant, who showed up having to show that he could gain a little bit of weight. He was thin in college. He had to show that he could hold that weight and maintain his athleticism. He did that. Brian Burns had to show that he could gain weight. He, he played at 228 in college. He played as high as 231 was his listed weight. He came into the combat at 249, and then he crushed all of the measurements and all of the drills. Um, all the guys that needed to show out except one, um, for most of the units anyway, did really well. As long as you weren't a running back or a cornerback, you, you pretty much showed out for yeah. what you needed to. Right. And Ryan, do you have any overall thoughts of, of maybe how this combine played out either in terms of lion, how it relates to the lions or just maybe any, any individual guys that stuck out? I think the biggest takeaway was. I mean, for me, at least from like following it on Twitter was the DK Metcalf stuff. But I, I, I think I think why that was so I think why that was such big news for us is because I think that he definitely positioned himself to be taken before the Lions pick at eight. So I think Hope that, so. yeah, I mean, I, I think I think what's going to end up happening is that if, you know, some team, which I assume somebody will become enamored with him, mm-hmm. you know, bet- between spots one and seven, that it's going to it's going to slot another guy down to Detroit that maybe maybe a lot of Lions fans didn't anticipate being available at number eight. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I kind of threw out a joke twit 
tweet out there this weekend said like, wow, there are 15 people that solidified their yeah. way as, as a top 10 pick <laughs> this weekend. And it, it did seem like there were a lot of guys that kind of like kind of punched their ticket, like the way DK Metcalf did, you know, we mentioned Fant and um, a lot of, honestly, the wide receivers are very impressive to me. Um, a couple guys that I, I didn't like Paris Campbell is a guy that I didn't really think of as a, a day one or day two pick, but I think, He's certainly in that conversation now. And, um, you know, there's still Debo Samuel hanging out there. And uh, unfortunately, uh, news came down last week about about Hollywood Brown with his uh, Liz Frank injury. Obviously, that's going to hurt his stock quite a bit. But overall, like, I, I do think you're exactly right there. I think maybe a guy that we weren't anticipating is going to be there down at number eight. And, and to me, just like the eighth overall pick looks a lot more valuable to me now after the combine. Oh, for sure. I mean, I so, had I had less than I had three top ten picks coming into the combine. Combine, and I'm probably leaving with ten. So, if I may try 10, to ten in the top ten, if I may try to simulate what I'm sure is going to appear in our uh, mailbag. So, does that mean you think a lion should trade down? Always, the answer always. is yes to me. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's, it's always trade down, and I don't get it. Like. Whatever. I mean, you know, it it's, sounds it's like good that you mentioned the trade, though, because like we, we've talked before about how it's unlikely because you have to have a trade partner. But one of the things that really helped the Lions out is that there was at least one tackle in Andre Dillard who was projected to go early in the round who showed out at the combine. And if there's a tackle that does well, that's just as valuable as a quarterback doing well in terms of trade value. So it helps that at least one of those guys showed out. But. Well, I'm, and maybe this should just kind of jump start us into the offensive talk. Um, while that's true, Jonah Williams kind of did the opposite, did he not? Yeah, he did not do well. Because, I mean, uh, he did find in... on, Tuesday, on Thursday, we were all talking about, oh, the Lions had a formal meeting with Jonah Williams. Maybe he's going to be the eighth overall pick. And then he kind of, I wouldn't say he bombed the combine, but he's certainly underwhelmed. And now I think he's completely dropped out of that conversation. Completely. I would say he bombed the Okay, so he he came into the combine. I I don't think it's all his fault, right? Because he came into the combine, he was being compared to Joe Thomas, and Joe Thomas was on the broadcast talking about him, Mm -hmm. and that's not a good combination if you don't do well. Uh, And and (laughs) he didn't do well at all. Uh, He he was okay in the drills, but not that great. But when you're talking about guys like Caleb McGarry who the biggest story about him had nothing to do with football in the first place, or a guy like Yasua Nijman, who most people don't even know who he is. Uh, he's out of Virginia Tech. You know, when you're talking about those guys on broadcast and you're not talking about the supposed top guy, that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and the, the two drills that you really need to do well on if you're an offensive tackle are the agility drills, the shuttle and the cone. You want to have a shuttle of, of 4.4 or lower. He measured him with a 4.79, which isn't just not 4.4, but it's <laughs> way, way lower. Uh, and it's then his three cone was over. Yeah, and his, his, his three cone was over eight seconds, which is like the worst, one of the worst benchmarks that you can hit from a measurement standpoint. Um, I mean, we could go into the stupid arm length conversation that some people want to get into. That's what started the day was the whole, oh, no, his arms aren't 34 inches. That's an idiotic conversation that needs to die. Right. Um, 
but when but he actually did hands? get out there, <laughs> right? Uh, they had pretty decent sized hands, actually. And I've been told that, that, that Matt. You weren't supposed to answer <laughs> but... that. Hi, hi, hi. I just have a. Yeah, um, so yeah. in general, I think offensive linemen were in general a bit underwhelming. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and especially Jonah Williams. I, I feel like that was an opportunity, like you mentioned, to have maybe a guy that, if the Lions aren't interested, potentially going in the top five or, or top ten before the Lions pick. I don't see that happening anymore. Um, is it fair to say the running backs were equally disappointing? I wouldn't say it's fair to say they were equally disappointing. I would think that they were far more disappointing. Okay, there you go. <laughs> there there wasn't anybody that came into the combine with high expectations that left with those having been met. Yeah. So you had guys like Miles Gaskin who had been hyped prior to the season. He didn't have the best season, so he wasn't quite as high. He didn't do well. Uh David Montgomery and uh who's the other one? Uh Devin Singletary. Those were the two guys that everybody was gonna hype up. Uh, as as supposedly being their top guys. Devin Singletary had the worst combine of any running back, uh, and David Montgomery wasn't far behind. Uh, a lot of the people, sl- people sleeper hits coming into the day, Benny Snell and Elijah Ho- Holyfield out of Kentucky and Georgia, yeah. respectively. Both of those, those guys bombed the combine. And the last guy, Nick Brissett out of LSU, we've got another LSU running back, bombed the combine. All of the running backs that were getting hyped up, bombed. Uh, with with two notable exceptions, uh, Daryl Henderson out of Memphis got some hype for being a big play guy. He did pretty well, uh, and then Rock Armstead, uh, Rock Armstead, Rykel Armstead, Rock. I heard him called on the broadcast. I don't know if that's his actual nickname. Maybe they just made it up on on tape. I don't know. Out of Temple, uh, he had a pretty good combine. So those two guys did pretty well. But everybody, it seemed like they like it was it was almost comical how they would start hyping somebody up and then they would run the forty and they were like, oh, we gotta. We got to pick somebody else. Let's go to the next guy. And then they would bomb it. It's just that we're running out of people. Yeah. And I, I have to give Reno a shout out who had Elijah Holyfield at his, as his RB one. No, no, or no more recent than what a week ago he put it out on Twitter. And then he goes out and has one of the worst combined performances of the weekend. Really sad. Um, but let, let's move over to wide receiver because that's happier and also <laughs> might be a little bit more relevant to the Lions needs. Although we were talking last week about how running back might be a, a surprise pick early in the draft. Um, wide receivers showed up in a big way. And, and Ryan, you want to talk more about DK Metcalf? Cause I know, I know you were happy about that. Yeah. I mean, obviously he kind of, I mean, he, he blew up Twitter. I mean, when you run a four, three, three 40 yard dash and you're, you're, you know, in, in recent weeks, you've had pictures surface of you looking like a, an actual action figure. I mean, I don't even know if like I mean is is this considered checking off boxes? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the term is even for what he did at the combine because he absolutely eviscerated it. I mean, like this is a guy who probably came in like he's like box. yeah. I mean, he has a. You guys want to hear my favorite stat for DK Metcalf for all the crap that they've had going? His projected forty time, which is there's a calculation for projecting somebody's forty based on their height and their weight. His expected forty time was four point seven. Okay. <laughs> Vegas Vegas had his over under at four point five nine. Jeez. Um, 
And they, they ended up pulling that because it, I think it was like three or four hours after they posted that there were some very reliable sources that were like, oh, my God, put down every dollar you have on the under <laughs> for that. And Vegas eventually pulled that. But a lot of people made some money. Yeah, I, I, I think I mean, what he was able to do in one day is I mean, he made himself a ton of money, did he not? I mean, he he I think he for sure put himself into like the conversation for being a top 10 pick, if not higher. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, like, doesn't it seem, I mean, like Al Davis is rolling over in his grave right now. <laughs> for sure. Like, Al is, Davis, and- he is from beyond desperately trying to trade away his next three <laughs> first rounders. He is literally, he is Jay Gatsby at the end of the dock reaching for the green light. That is DK Metcalf. <laughs> Damn. So, was this all foretold starting with the the trade to the Bears? Like, w- was that him, his working <laughs> from beyond the grave? Had, no, that's just Mark Davis. Some, okay. kind, some, kind of, <laughs> some kind of mojo is going on there. Do you, well, do to, you want to-, to add to the mystique for DK Metcalf? I mean, as much as the measurements were talked about and all that stuff, you know, another important part of the combine is the medicals and the interviews. Metcalf had a neck injury that he was dealing with last year. From what I understand, the medicals cleared. I didn't hear anything negative. Uh, but the interviews, as I understand it, he crushed interviews Metcalf did. So on top of measuring out like the mutant that he looks like, he also interviewed really well. So that's more important in some ways to teams because it's not just about whether they can do what you want to do. It's whether you can rely on them to stay on the field to work to try to get better. Uh, and he knocked it out of the park from what I've heard. Do you, do you want to throw a quick wet blanket on everything with his three cone? So his three cone and his shuttle uh, were in the bottom 10th percentile. How is, how is that possible? Good. Well, apparently Very he careful can't move. Me. Well, they, they joked around about it, calling him, they called him the Batman because he's, he was so rocked up like the Batman costume. But if you remember, in, in I forget which movie it was, but like Michael, I think it was one of the Michael Keaton ones where he couldn't even turn his head because it was yeah. the suit was so. Stiff. Wait, wait, we have an we have an expert on this. Hold on, <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, well, I mean that. So literally, like in the in the first Batman film, like Keaton couldn't move his neck, and I don't think he even could in like Batman Returns. But like that's like one of the main like plot points of the Nolan film. <laughs> right. Like in Batman Begins, he can't move his neck, and then he gets a suit in Dark Knight where he's like, oh yeah, I can. And turn my head and I can like look behind me. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny that that's the comparison they moved, they used, and then he ran his shuttle time and his cone time like someone who couldn't turn a corner. Perfect comparison. All right, excellent uh, comparison. I think we're probably running up against it. So let's. We, let's uh, talk- you got a you got a couple more minutes. One time for okay. one more position. Yeah, yeah, let's let's talk tight ends. And I think we've already talked enough about Fant and uh, Hawkinson. Let's talk the depth of this class because oh. it wasn't just those two showing up uh this weekend was it oh. it was not uh so you had guys just just measurements wise you had foster moreau uh, mm-hmm. and my guy and I, i'm butchering the name i'm sure but it's kahale warring out of san diego state they both crushed the combine in terms of measurements they did well in drills um uh, josh oliver out of san jose state wasn't my sleeper, but I've, I've heard him mentioned as one. He did really well. Drew Sample out of Washington has one of my favorite profiles. He measured above average in every single metric, but not elite in any metric. So he, he's, 
he, he managed to be good good enough at everything to be considered you know above average but not good enough that it's like oh yeah this is his strong point um and then Elise Mack out of uh, Notre Dame also measured out as an elite athlete so just measurements wise that's a lot of guys that did really mm-hmm. well uh in the drills we had Jay Sternberger out of Texas A&M who did really well uh, I I thought that Irv Smith did really well he actually had a poor combine overall because he measured really poorly and he was hyped up as being that top one of the top three guys and then he comes in the smallest tight end at the combine I thought he did really well at the drills I've I've heard that he didn't but I thought he did really well made up for a lot for his poor measurements uh you have a guy named Trevon Wesco out of West Virginia who's a, a fullback kind of h-back type of guy he did really well in drills you know un- unless you were from Michigan or Stanford at, at tight end you at least showed up and did the stuff that you were supposed to do hey that was unnecessary. <laughs> I liked both of those guys, and they both did horribly. <laughs> Zach Gentry, actually, from Michigan, he actually measured not – he didn't measure terribly for most of the drills for his size, but his size is 6'8 and 265. Yeah. So running, running a 4'9 is kind of okay at that size, but you're still running a 4'9. I mean, what are you going to do with him? Yeah, so, I mean, should just be a tackle at that point. Right. Pretty I mean, much convert him. And so the other thing too, though, Ken, is, you know, we talked a little bit about how deep some of these positions are and especially like a, a, you know, a position like tight end where the Lions could maybe even benefit from like drafting two of them in this draft. Um, like one of the, one of the other guys that I noticed who had like a really fast 40 time, which is always the, you know, the, the, the buzz metric, but like Caleb Wilson from UCLA, he ran like a four five six. like that, that could be a guy that oh, maybe yeah. the Lions could get on potentially like day three. Oh Yeah. Definitely. And I, I like Caleb Wilson. He was one of the guys that I highlighted way before, like before the season even started as a guy that, that we should keep our eyes on. Um, Caleb Wilson is is fast, and that's pretty much the end of the things that he does well tight end wise. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not a great I – don't, I don't, I mean, that sounds really negative. I don't mean that to be a negative, but he's not very explosive, so you don't, you don't have a lot of versatility with what kind of routes that you can run with. But if you want somebody that's going to bust your seam up, Put Caleb Wilson on your on your line and just have him run in a straight line up the seam. And if that safety doesn't follow him, you throw the ball to him. That's that's as easy as it is. You're you're gonna force that safety to do something about him because if he doesn't, he's gonna cruise right past all the linebackers like nothing. Because there ain't anybody that's gonna keep up with him. All right, let's uh take a quick break here. And when we come back, I think we want to focus a little more on the defensive side of the ball, maybe a little bit. Uh we'll keep seeing who else is there. I have a whole list of other players that uh I've been wanting to get to that the readers are asking us about and maybe we'll get to that. Maybe we'll get to that in the mailbag, but we'll see. We've got plenty more to talk about when it comes to the combine. We'll be right back. Pride of Detroit. POD-cast. PODcast rolling along. I have a list. I have a list of names. This is the Glengarry Glen Ross list. I have we done too many? Just we've done too many pop culture references. Like I, I feel shook after after Ryan hit me with the Great Gatsby stuff. Even though I know absolutely that's like within his powers as being uh, of his profession that he does that he should be talking about the Great Gatsby. Maybe I don't know. Do you actually do you, do you read the Great Gatsby in your classes? Friend? Yeah, we actually we just finished that in tenth grade. Is that okay? That's yeah. why this was coming up. Okay, 
was about to say, you do not strike me as the person who's just randomly hankering to watch um to watch Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, was that I- Actually, you know what? I'm I'm cool on watching anything Leonardo DiCaprio, except you know what? A lot of my students had this like really upset feeling. They're like, "Oh, we don't even want to watch the end of the movie. We don't want to see Leo die." I'm like, "Leo dies in like a lot." He of dies a, in nearly <laughs> every big movie he's, he's he's in. He died in The Departed. He's Titanic, Django, that Romeo and Juliet, Django, yeah. like that weird Romeo and Juliet biker gang reimagining <laughs> that like got him his start. Hey, that Bond- movie was awesome. <laughs> It was Fuck. awesome, but they, <laughs> they made, that movie. look, he had two what? Desert Eagles. He had two pistols. He had two 45s or Desert Eagles. I don't know. I don't know my guns. Don't at me. AR stands for assault rifle. Um, but he had two, and they were called <laughs> they were called Rapier and Dagger. Yeah. Like, written on the sides was Rapier and Dagger. Well, you don't so do I mean, that with your weapons? You don't, put, you don't put medieval <laughs> weaponry names on the side. Symbolism. You didn't get the symbolism there. It was too subtle for you. Symbolism was like slapping me in the eyeballs. <laughs> Do you know a movie that Leonardo DiCaprio hasn't been in? A football movie. Speaking of football. Mm, we should get him in a football movie, though. <laughs> should the Lions draft player. Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> um, Depends on which one. Well, he successfully avoided getting killed by a bear so maybe that's worthwhile bear wasn't a human being man is the da- most dangerous hunter but of it, all it's the bears get it get it oh, oh okay, okay. i need to talk closer to the please mic don't, to get please don't please don't your across. voice is distorting it sounds even more unprofessional than we already are <laughs> um i have like eight different people in just previewing our mailbag real quick and since we're moving on to the defensive side of the ball, which is where I think Ryan's trying to get me to go rather than talking about pop culture, I have like three different people asking us if it is good to draft Devin White at number eight. Ooh, I had a better I had a better question. Okay. Let, my questions always get upended for the better ones, but yes. No, no, sure, no, no. Go you're, ahead. You're, no, your question is in service of asking this even better question. Okay. And my question is Kent. Yeah. Was it possible for a specific position like linebacker? Like was it was it so detrimental to our own psyche as fans to have a position like linebacker perform so well at the combine? I think it is cuz now you're going to have people talking about Devin White like they should draft him at 8 again. And I and, thought we were past that. And even Devin Bush. Like I see I see that stuff on my timeline still. Yeah, I love how they separated themselves. They ended up with a Raz of 9.33 and 9.32, respectively. So they, they did a great job of making us get, getting a gap between them so that we could choose. <laughs> right. But do you think there's any, I mean, hold up, Jeremy, after you did your little stunt, now you are way too far from your microphone. <laughs> Sorry, is this better? <laughs> no, it's not. Get closer. Okay, how about that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but do you think there is any validity to those guys as, as first-round pro- prospects and potentially top 10 prospects? I know I'm not really a fan of, of Devin White. Or I'm sorry, yeah, Devin White as uh, <clears throat> in terms of his film. And, you know, a, a lot of people say this, but kind of looks a lot like a Jared Davis clone, which is not exactly yeah. what he needs right now. So, yeah, if you thought if you thought Jared Davis was a good prospect and worthy of a first round pick, then you should have Devin Bush and uh, Devin White both as first round picks because they're basically the same person 
um, with small, minor differences, but they're basically the same person. So if you had them valued the same as Jared Davis, then you, you should have them in the late first round and not the top 10. There, there's no top 20 linebacker in this draft. I don't think Devin Bush or Devin White are worth that. What about the depth at linebacker? Do you think there's maybe someone, like maybe a, a coverage linebacker that would fit the Lions? Because I, I do think that's still kind of an underrated need for the team. Is there someone maybe oh, yeah. they could target this, on, on day two or day three? This draft is pretty loaded in the middle when it comes to linebackers. And the, the combine, just to give some context, is that there were 18 linebackers at this combine that measured out as elite athletes. So it's ridiculously athletic, this class is. Um, but there's a ton of guys that have problems that, that have issues on tape that need to get cleaned up. Uh, ben Burkirvin from Washington, you watch him on tape. I didn't see that kind of elite athleticism, but he came out and measured out like an elite athlete. Porter Gustin from South, South California from USC. He didn't look like an elite athlete on tape. And yet here he is measuring like one, uh, Blake Cashman out of Minnesota. I'm, I'm a fan of him and I'm pretty sure our, our boy Reno is, but yeah, but I've I've seen people that were just blown away that he measured out as an elite athlete. Um, but there's a lot of guys that you just you're, you you're not sure whether they're going to translate once they get into the NFL, and you it's it's developmental guys that you're going to have to work on. So it, I think the Lions should definitely look at drag drafting a, a linebacker. I would have no problem with it, but I'm probably I, I'd be cautious at the third round to pick up one of these guys, and maybe the fourth round. Um, the guy from BYU I really like, but it's and not I, I, it's not just because his name is awesome. I always bring up the guys that have awesome names. Taki Taki, but uh, yeah, Taki Taki. That's just the best name ever. Please, this um, is a PG thirteen podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but he also measured out really well. Uh, he's a guy that I like. He's a little. I'm he's from BYU, so he's probably overaged. I'm always a little cautious about getting a guy that's a little bit longer in the tooth. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's another guy I think I might look at in the fourth round. Um, Ryan Connolly out of Wisconsin is another guy I might look at, look at in the fourth round. I'd be a lot more comfortable with one of those guys in the fourth round and fifth round than I would anybody in the first, second round. Got another name for us, Chris? Uh, let's see. I am scrolling through here. Um, no, just a lot of people asking about Devin White. Like a right. lot, like more than I thought. Unless you want me to bring up the name Kyler Murray, which I don't think no. you do. Nope, nope. Let's let's talk about the edge guys because that's fun and exciting. And Hooray. I think the biggest takeaway from the entire combine is just like how crazy athletic, how some of these guys were running as fast as some of the wide receivers and running backs in this draft class. Yeah. Montez Sweat was faster than Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> Can we talk about Montez Sweat? Because I have never seen so many people on Twitter go, holy crap, I need to go back and look at this guy's tape. Yeah, because you don't see it. I've, I've watched uh, a lot of tape on him. I mean, look, I don't even have the number. Uh, about 10 or more games on Montez Sweat. And I probably use the word stiff more than I ever have in my life than writing about Montez Sweat. And yet here he is with a seven flat three cone out of nowhere and a 429 shuttle, which is great for a defensive end. You know, I expected him to do well in the explosion drills. I did not expect him to run the fastest 40 time for a defensive end ever. That was a little bit surprising. 
Um, they they started comparing him to Julius Peppers. I love when team when they do this on broadcast because you can tell why. But like he kind of looks like Julius Peppers, so it it helps that he's an elite athlete. But I'm I'm fairly certain the only reason that Peppers' name came up was because they kind of look they look a little bit similar. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's he's a guy that it didn't show up on tape. And I mentioned I mentioned Charles Harris when I was talking about uh, Montez Sweat. I was never high on Charles Harris. But watching Charles Harris's tape um, a, a couple of years ago, they switched defensive coordinators middle of the season, and it was night and day watching his tape before and after they switched defensive coordinators. He, he looked like a completely different player. There was a lot more athleticism on display. There, they were allowed him to cut loose and use that explosiveness that he had, to, and, and that just didn't show up before. He didn't look like that kind of athlete. So it's possible that it's just a schematic, and it can yeah. be developed. But I don't want to say that I think that's what's going on because I don't know for sure. But it's possible. It's just it was just interesting watching everything kind of unfold on Sunday because everyone just like as more information came out about about Montes, but people got more and more surprised because once his forty came out, people were like, okay, but let's wait and see until he actually goes through some of the drills, or let's go and see and wait till we see his three cone time and. He just constantly kept surprising people, and he wasn't perfect in the on-field drills, but he certainly didn't look as stiff, I think, as some people said that he looked on tape. So, um, yeah, he definitely didn't guy. look like he measured, but he did do a lot better than I think a lot of people expected him to. Yeah. Um, let's, talk, let's look at some other guys. Uh, Rashawn Gary is a guy that probably did just about as Gary. well as everyone is expecting him to do. I think do. it's hilarious. To me, that Rashawn Gary ran a four-five-eight as a defensive end, and there are still people who are mad that he won't convert to, to defensive tackle, that he doesn't want to play defensive tackle. It's yeah. like he ran a four-five-eight. Why would he want to go inside? I mean, that's that would be amazing to have an, an interior defensive lineman with that kind of speed, but that's amazing for an edge rusher to have that kind of speed and explosion. And, and why? 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 It doesn't make any sense to just oh we have to move him inside. Let him try on the edge. He's want he wants to play on the edge. He's not terrible as an edge as an edge guy. Give him his chance. If it doesn't work out, sure, convert him inside. But there were people that were legit mad that he didn't want to after he ran that. Yeah, well, I think part of it is just kind of the turnoff of being so adamantly against it because you're so used to hearing players be like, yeah, I'll play anywhere where coach wants me to. And for Rashawn Gary to go out and be like, no, I'm an edge guy. Don't play me anywhere else. It, I mean, yeah. that, that just kind of that that kind of adversarial attitude turns off a lot of coaches, turns off a lot of fans. Speaking, too. Of, speaking of adversarial attitudes, I think it's probably time we bring up the polite in the room <laughs> um, because that that's exactly what happened with Ja'Kai Polite. And, and it was far more pronounced because he he horse players interview with teams and he had a bunch of teams that interviewed him and they would bring up flaws from his game. And he got mad that these teams were were questioning him when they when they did his his media session. He kept mentioning that teams were bashing him and he didn't like that. Only only the Rams weren't bashing him and he he, he enjoyed that they weren't. And it's one thing to just mention that in passing, but he kept talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then as the day went on, stories started to leak out about how his interviews went. And apparently, this guy is just not ready to listen to anything you have to say about his play. He doesn't want to hear about what he does wrong. He doesn't watch tape on himself. He said that during his media session, that's in the transcripts from what I've heard. 
uh, that he just says, no, I don't, I don't watch tape on myself. That's going to turn off immediately at least half the teams in the NFL. If anybody from the Bill Belichick coaching tree is gone now, you're not going to the Patriots, the Lions, the Titans, the Texans, right? Because anybody that's touched Bill Belichick, that tape, tape study is huge. Nobody wants a guy that's like, nah, I'm not even going to watch it on myself. Uh, and then he came in, he, he had put on like 20 pounds, which he needed to, but I don't think it was good weight. He looked a little really sloppy. He ran a 4.84, which is not great at defensive end. He had a 32-inch vertical, which would be fine if your entire game wasn't predicated on being explosive, and his is. So he came out and crapped the bed uh, and all the interviews. He crapped the bed on the, the metrics that he did, and then he bowed out with the dog ate my homework excuse of, oh, I pulled my hamstring and can no longer And it apparently also rubbed teams wrong the wrong way that he did that because no one believed. Yeah, I can't imagine outside of maybe, I don't know, getting kicked out of the NFL combine, things going much worse for that guy. So it's not it's never going to be worse than Vontae's perfect, who I will have to have a conversation about his combine to talk about how bad you can possibly do. Uh, but this is probably a pretty close second, I think. Yeah. Let that know, ladies and gentlemen, if you do as bad, if you do bad in the combine, you will get a very respectable job playing for the Cleveland, <laughs> for the I'm sorry, the Cincinnati Bengals. Just absolutely ignoring every safety rule in the book bashing people in the head and probably having the owner picking up your check. Uh, let's take a break. Let's get to the mailbag. Um, this has been some great stuff. Is there anything else we need to get to? Cause I've got some more questions in the mailbag. Thank you for taking care of those edge rushers for me as well. So, did, but did yeah. we, did we get to Brian Burns? We didn't even touch on Brian Burns. I was just going to say that, but oh God, there's, there's so many things to talk about at the combine. And we yeah, could spend well, the day on every single position. It just goes to show you how deep, edges and and brian burns i mean we'll get more to it as as we get closer to the draft the edge is deep the The edge is deep deep. so why why are we thinking about any other position i don't know but we've we we haven't even gotten to the andrew van ginkles of this draft the what (laughs) that's a real name ken this is a pg-13 podcast please he's a legitimate prospect you say andrew van giggles andrew van ginkles Oh, I thought you said giggles. Please, the language. We'll be right back. We got to cut to commercial. Mail Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, to get your questions in. If this podcast has sounded pretty one sided towards Jeremy and Kent, it is. But as Jeremy points out, like there's been so much from this combine that we have to sift through. And uh, we're not even halfway done. Do we need to do another combine podcast, Jeremy? I don't know. Well, we'll I mean, we have literally a month and a half to, to talk about some of these drafts. I just let you two make another two hour podcast <laughs> and I'll throw it up on like Thursday or something just so you can know. get through everything. Maybe, maybe not. We can be able to get through everything. We can try. We'll sift through it. We'll sift through the trash. Four hours, four hours. <laughs> we, we got free agency in a week. So after oh that, we'll, we'll really ramp up some draft talk. 
Are we gonna? Are we gonna sign? No, we Jeff need to be drafting up the, rap, the draft talk now. We're gonna be doing draft talk until free agency. That works. I'm just gonna do this to piss off Jeremy. He's making me sit through us. All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. This is just. You know what? We'll start where we always start. Jo- Joey Law Nikki asking us when will the POD combine be? <laughs> Ryan. I think you're our organizer for the POD Combine. Whoa, why am I getting put in charge of something? Because Alex isn't here, and Alex would just like forget about it for five weeks anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if I'm getting put in charge of it, then perfect, because I just became the girls' track coach at my school, so let's get out there. Um, wow. Okay. Is, 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 is that All your... Is that your... Had the best 40, right? My dear Lord. Those poor kids. That is that your your fire up speech right there, guys. Yeah, I have no, I have there. no formal track experience. <laughs> Coaching the run hard, dating. Pump your just arms. High run knees. hard. Breathe. Just, just yell go out fast. breathe every now and again, and you're good. <laughs> Got to go fast. Ninety degree angles. <laughs> oh, who would win? I, I feel like Hamza would win everything. Everything, probably. This just means that we have to have another POD meetup for uh, for a combine. I would be, I would be injured before I, before anybody else. I would get hurt, probably in the vert, but I would get hurt before anybody else. Hamza would measure better than everybody else. I would definitely pull a polite like halfway through the first film and be like, oh, yeah, pull the Cambion. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull a Dion. I'm not even going to show up for all of it. I'm gonna show up like up. the building. Hey, yeah, show up, that. show up, run, run a forty, and then take a limo out. That's exactly <laughs> what I will do. That's exactly what I will do. Uh, time for the question that's going to break Jeremy's brain. Oh, no. Matthew Hasnus. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is really <laughs> Polish. Give me a second. Hey, Hank Zuski. Uh, Matt, if if you're listening to this podcast, have you asked this question? H a n c z e w s k i, Hanzuski. Please just tell me how it's pronounced. I, I grew up in Toledo with a lot of Polish people. I've never had to deal with this name, so I'm really shook right now. I apologize. Anyway, I don't apologize for his question though. Lions interviewed Kyler Murray at the combine. Could no. it actually happen? Okay. Nope. Nope. Not going to happen. Well, I think we will. You know, you know what? The Lions went in there and asked him what his favorite color is, and he said blue. And I think that just means he might be a fit. What do you think, Ryan? Do you, what, what did you think to the response to his question of, do you think that you have two testicles, that the man asking you this question has two testicles? I'm so incredibly unsure of how to answer your question that you're asking me. But I appreciate that you're asking me that question. What kind of que- I'm just asking. I'm just saying. What kind of dumb fucking questions do you think mm-hmm. the Lions asked Kyler Murray that all these people who conduct these interviews ask questions because they're utterly useless and all they I can know, do is try to freak out a player? I know one of them that was stupid. That was probably the Lion. So someone got asked, "How many different uses are there for a brick?" And that just sounds like something that that Matt sounds like a Detroit question. Somebody. That yeah, sounds like a very Detroit question. Yeah. So, yeah, somebody got asked how many different uses there are for a brick. My bet is that was the lion's stupid question. 
Well, that's just divergent thinking. Well, I mean, uh, to to be fair, my question of do you, do I have both of my testicles? That was a real question asked to mm-hmm. Chris Boyd. So, oh, okay. Well, that's just outlandish. But maybe they asked him, "Do you think you're tall enough to ride the quarterback experience ride here at Detroit?" How many Coney Islands have you had in your life? Do you like? There you go. Do. I wasn't going there. I was coming up with oh. some pizza question, but you know what? We'll go with Fago. Absolutely. Just, just I, I can imagine a whole interview now of like just total Michigander bowl that he has to answer. <laughs> what is your reaction to the words rock and rye? What do you think a pasty Rocky is? Said. What do you think a oh. pasty is without looking it up? <laughs> Poor Rocky Sin. I was really excited for him. Do I have a? Do I have an accent? (laughs) Finish this lyric. Born and raised in. (laughs) Ah, see, the problem is all these questions make way too much sense to be actually asked during an NFL Combine interview. If they they answer that question, a fictional land called South Detroit, do, do you automatically draft them first overall? I think that person. I think we move what if, up. We move up to the number one overall pick, whatever it costs. What if he answers, "There is no South Detroit. That's just Windsor, Ontario." Yeah, I, another surefire way that I'm trading all the way up to number one to make sure I get that guy team. Geographic, geographic ident uh, awareness. I like it. But I mean, in all in all seriousness, can you imagine if draft night the Lions, <laughs> the Lions take Murray at number eight, but they're trading him? That would be the best. I would love that. Such a whirlwind of emotions for everybody. I want to see that. See, I'm torn because I don't think that the Cardinals are stupid enough to draft Kyler Murray first overall and then trade Josh Rosen. But I want it to happen because it's so great having people that are that dumb in the NFL who are just like, I'm going to give up on a premier pass rushing talent so I can draft another top 10 quarterback. This one's the shortest one ever played. He's only had one year of college experience. I'm an NFL GM. I get paid a lot of money to make NFL decisions. This is what I'm going with. I want to see it happen. To be fair, this that's the this happen. is the median for the NFL too. What you are describing. <laughs> All right, new question. Blake Barry, what is the best weekend in March Madness? Oh, oh without a question, it's the first one. I yeah, love like eighty the- TVs going. Yeah, exactly. Just like last seconds of these games okay now we're cutting to another game that's in the last seconds and then it's another game with the buzzer beater and it's just like it's whipping your head around and 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 seeing everything and everyone's bracket busting because i mean by week three of the tournament my bracket's already busted and i'm just like i guess i'll just root for michigan and i don't really care about anything else implying michigan's going that far implying ryan you like basketball what's the best weekend uh, the best weekend is when the NBA playoffs are going to start, which oh. is not in March. Damn, Sorry, I got to I gotta interject something just because somebody found something I was looking for. Um, back in November of 2018, I made a, a couple of projections. I was building out a projection model for my, my RAS metric, and I, I projected Devin White's RAS was going to be 9.33. I got some of the measurements wrong, but I got his Raz on the nose. He measured a 9.33. 
what does this have to do with what does this have to do with March Madness, Ken? Nothing, but I found it and it was cool. <laughs> well, we're talking about out. March Madness here, not the combine. <laughs> March Madness no. is a basketball thing, right? Guys, guys, <laughs> you, you cannot shut off Ken. He's working overtime. I know. Well, I'm going to try to by going to some free agency questions, which is going to please Jeremy's lizard brain here very much so. Um, we have two different free agency talks here. A lot of people want to ask about uh, Justin Houston. I'll give you that. Uh, you can either do Justin Houston or you can take the three people asking, hey, will the Lions actually break the bank for Landon Collins, who looks like he might walk from New York? Well, I, I don't know. I guess I'll kind of tackle both here. And I mean, we're still kind of waiting to hear at this point what's going to happen. Some say Justin Houston's going to get traded. There was kind of a, an early report out there that they're just going to straight up cut him because he's got like a really kind of unmanageable contract. I mean, I think it's like 14, 15 average per year for the next two years. I wouldn't be against the Lions grabbing someone like him. He's 30 and he's kind of had some injury history, but the dude is extremely talented when he can play a full 15, 16 games a season. He's going to get you double-digit sacks. Uh, but I would not trade for him at this point. I think the contract yeah. is too pricey. Problem is, if you let him go and let him hit free agency, there's no guarantee that he's going to come cheaper. <laughs> Defensive ends don't hit free agency that often. We're recording on Monday night, and three or four guys got tagged just today. So it's a tough situation with Justin Houston. If you can somehow get him at a discounted rate, sure. Um, but definitely don't trade for him. And then Landon Collins, I just, I love the guy. He's young. He's been to three Pro Bowls in four year in his four years in the NFL. He's a, he's an All Pro. He's, I mean, I don't, I don't need to run through his accolades. He's very, very good. And it's not often a guy like that is going to hit free agency. But it looks like the Giants aren't going to tag him. Yeah, they think eleven million is going to be too pricey. Which again, I could see him getting a lot more on that open market, though. Yeah, and I just. I love that, and he changed the dynamic of the Lions secondary, and he definitely improved it significantly. The question is whether you just want to spend that much on a position that isn't as a big a need as defensive end, as quarterback, cornerback, tight end, wide oh. receiver. I don't know. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else got thoughts on Landon Collins? Because I think it's a, it's good. a good conversation to have. He's good. I, I don't care about set. money. He's I, good. I, I, would, I don't. I would be fine. Yeah, I would be fine. I agree. I agree. He's good. I'd be fine with that. I don't think the Lions are going to be looking for safety. I may be wrong on that, but I don't. I think. I think they think they're set. He's good. Uh, I don't care about the money. I'm not one of the people to sit here and poo-poo what a team does with the money because if you listen to people who are concerned about what NFL teams do with their money. None of it would get spent, and we would always be going into every season with a fifty million, uh, fifty million free in the cap. So hey, yeah, you know what? Sign him. I don't care. Maybe he gets signed. Maybe he doesn't. I don't have the ear. I don't have the ear of Bob Quinn. So you know what? I'll just say, yeah, he's good. He's good. It'd be cool if he played for Detroit. The cap is. That's a all myth I can anyway. really do. The cap is a myth. The cap is dumb. Like, let's get rid of salary caps. If look, if Damon Harrison wants Landon Collins, then I want Landon Collins. <laughs> Hard to argue with that. Are we going to become the Giants? 
Is that what's going to happen? Like, uh, God, I hope not. Like Matt Patricia is still salty. He's just still salty that the Giants have beaten the Patriots twice, and he's just like, all right, we're just going to become the Giants then. That way they can't <laughs> beat us. Yeah, there was talk about the Lions possibly being one of the guys trying to trade for Vernon as well. He's supposedly mm-hmm. on the trade market. Yeah. So why not? Let's let's go pick up the good pieces. Do it. We don't have Eli, right? We're 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 trying to get pre Eli falls off a cliff giants. They weren't bad. Eli has always been falling off that cliff. Eli has two Super Bowls. Can we get Evan Ingram? All right. Can we get Evan Ingram? That would be great. Lee Sifford asking us, who would win in a fight, a Kodiak grizzly bear or a silverback gorilla? Gorilla. What? Yeah. Gorillas are smarter, and plus gorillas own the bears. A grizzly bear is an actual, a grizzly bear is an actual predator. Yeah. Silverbacks only eat, like, bamboo or something like i'm gonna take the thing i'm gonna take the thing that has been programmed from birth to kill to eat in order to eat i know there's some anti-beer bias in here i i grizzly you're thinking of black you're thinking of black bear they're both they're both omnivores dude i guess everything i'm gonna take that grizzly bear though you saw what it did to leonardo dicaprio not enough I'd say it did more than enough, dude. I don't. I think I want to take the. I want to take the one that has thumbs. Hell yeah! Yeah, do shit with the thumbs. Though. Thumbs it's not smart enough win. to make a weapon. Gouge out an eye with a thumb. That's what I'm Hell saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like you to know see what also. Rock with it. I'd like to see how useful that bear is without his eyes. You know what can also gouge out some eyes? Some claws. Oh, I thought, big I thought, giant grizzly claws. I Why are we talking about eye gouging? I thought you were gonna say Eli Manning's tape. <laughs> I thought you were going to pull a John Cena back to the old days. No, no, those days are behind me. And also, you know, you know why it's behind me is because we're on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, you can't. The road road always goes forward, Jeremy, not, never backwards. Sure, hey. sure. Until Vince McMahon fumbles the XFL again and they just have to shut down the W. Why do I give a shit about the XFL? Why do you think I give they're a shit? Hiring, about uh, they're hiring Mark Trestman. <laughs> He's going to be one wow. of the coaches. Wow. <laughs> True grit. Speaking of Bears. They're going to be able to hire up Johnny Football here soon enough too. Yep, and they um, will too. Alright. N.E. Shaw asking us, and this one's for I feel just handpicked for Ryan. Are the Butterfinger family of confections gaining ground on the Reese's? How large is that gap? Remember to consider all the different variations of peanut butter goodness. So we beat on boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. God, you English teachers. I didn't even know what he was trying to do. Is that Withering Heights? I can't remember what that is. No, it's the last line of Gatsby. This oh, is, a Gatsby, what, Gatsby. Gatsby. is this a Gatsby podcast? Podcast? Yeah. I mean, like, hold on. I mean, if we're gonna we're gonna talk about how you you, you can't repeat the past, like this is why Jeremy used. Oh wait, no, that's Wolf of Wall Street. He didn't use Gatsby. Still, Leonardo DiCaprio. Did Leonardo DiCaprio die in Wolf of Wall Street? He should have. What a deplorable. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> 
we found the one movie where Leo doesn't die and he probably should have. Yeah. But what was the question about Butterfingers? I'm trying to mark off Butterfinger all my versus boxes. This is Butterfinger. my Thank God. Butterfingers family versus Reese's. Oh, I mean, it's Reese's. Like, I, I'm not even going to be biased. Like, a Butterfinger is really good, but the Reese's has way too much going for it. Well, there's, like, so many different Reese's now, too. Like, Yeah, have, Reese's yeah. is so good that they've started putting Reese's candies in other Reese's candy. Yeah. I mean, if you're that good, <laughs> well, people are just like, I want a Reese's peanut butter cup, but I also to, want Reese's pieces. No, not I can to have use, both. Not to use an old meme, but yo, dog, we heard you like Reese's. <laughs> You're not seeing Butterfinger BBs in anything these days because they suck. No, Butterfinger BBs are actually good. No, they don't even exist anymore because they are so horrible. Do they really not exist? I assume they don't. I don't know. <laughs> this is going to send us down an alley that is somehow going to end with me ordering <laughs> balls. I'm feverishly looking for Butterfinger BBs right now. I'm looking for some balls now, too. You guys remember that drink? Balls, B-A-W-L-S? No. This feels like like if I I say something, you're going to say something insulting back to me. No, it's not. I I legitimately like balls. And you can take out that. You can take out this audio clip, snip it, do whatever you want with it. I don't care. It's uh, I I, I used to drink balls. The the one that had like made with it's made with Guarana, right? Yeah, Guarana. Guarana. Yeah, it was like a huge, big, like energy drink in the 90s before there was such a thing as energy drinks. Oh my goodness. Butterfinger BBs aren't made anymore. Because <laughs> they're horrible. You're Bunch horrible. of crunch of beat them. You're horrible. Jacob Nothing Music, good. you got to pick one Detroit Lion to be in a bar fight with. Wait, as in I'm fighting them or as in they're on my no, side? No, they got and... your back. They got your back. Sean Robinson. Is well, that still the answer? It can't be Carrie Hyder. Womp womp. Oh. Yikes. Can we just end it there? Like, I, I kind of feel sad now. Is this just going to be a melancholy episode? No. No, because we have... We... You can add the what the Incredible Hulk music where he's walking off into the distance. <laughs> I have no oh, clue wait, no, what that reference Charlie is. Brown. Really? How do you not know that reference? I'm old. Because I don't watch Marvel. It's, it's barely Marvel. It's Lou Ferrigno. What? Um, I'm I'll be honest. The only reason I know that scene is because Family Guy parodied it. I knew that was the only reason why you knew that. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. We'll see you star side. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Brian Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at... I am Brian Shepard. I-A-M-B-R-I-A-N-S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday, so go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side.